Good morning. You are listening to KBOO Portland. It's about a minute before 10 o'clock. At 11, Stage and Studio talks to two of the artists behind King of Yees at the Portland Chinatown Museum. And at 11.30, Art Focus interviews artist Ralph Pugai about his new show, A Spiritual Guide to Brute Force, now showing at Upford Gallery. All of these KBU programs are made possible by member support. If you'd like to become a member, go to kboo.fm and click on Donate. And now is Flashpoints with Dennis Bernstein. Today on a special edition of Flashpoints, In Nature's Time, a community's vision for living with natural phenomenon, a Flashpoints documentary by Jennifer Hasegauer. I'm Dennis Bernstein, all this straight ahead on Flashpoints. Stay tuned. Listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio, my name is Dennis Bernstein. Hawaii County is surrounded by ocean and is host to tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, flooding, and recently more and more hurricanes. In this documentary, Flashpoint special correspondent Jennifer Hasegawa investigates how this close-knit and committed community, led by experienced planners and a dedicated mayor for the people, look to lessons from nature, history, and its own people to survive and perhaps even thrive in the face of these natural phenomenon. So now join us in welcoming Jennifer Hasegawa, who lands on the Big Island in the middle of a hurricane. Listen to this. I'm on a flight from San Francisco to Hawaii. I've made this trip dozens of times to visit with family who live on the island I grew up on. But this time, there's a bit more excitement in the air because I'm heading home to interview one of my heroes, Harry Kim, who is the current mayor of Hawaii County. It's also exciting because we're 30,000 feet in the air and preparing to land alongside Hurricane Olivia. Landing along with a hurricane is relevant because a hurricane is what led to this documentary. In the late summer of 2018, Hurricane Lane moved along the southwestern edge of Hawaii and released record-breaking rainfall onto the island chain. Weather coverage included a soundbite about catastrophic flooding running over video of the Wailuku River, a natural formation moving raging rainwater out to the ocean as nature intended. 
I heard another sound bite about a completely submerged neighborhood running over video of what I knew were designated green spaces, underwater, but doing what they were zoned to do, holding rainwater without damage to residences or businesses until the water could safely empty out to the ocean. Hurricane Lane was the second wettest hurricane in the United States after Hurricane Harvey. Hurricane Lane was also the wettest hurricane to hit Hawaii. The town of Mountain View in Hawaii County recorded over 51 inches of rain, and Hilo, also in Hawaii County, saw over 36 inches of rain. The number of fatalities due to Hurricane Lane in Hawaii County? Zero. I thought about these natural and human-made structures. How much worse could the toll have been without them in place? What keeps Wailuku River, the longest river in Hawaii, flowing freely as carved out by nature over hundreds of thousands of years? What forces are at work keeping oceanfront land prime for development, free of residences and businesses? I wanted to find out. First of all, you need to know the community. And that will help inform you on deciding what's best for the community as a whole. I spoke with Darren Arai, Deputy Planning Director for the Hawaii County Planning Department. He lives and works in the community he served for over 31 years. I asked him about how Hawaii County manages to maintain designated open and green spaces as soccer fields and commuter parking lots on Hilo's prime waterfront real estate. That's always been the struggle. Obviously, what makes Hawaii special is the interaction of land-based uses with, with the ocean. But how you manage that interaction is extremely important. Uh, again, some of the more current uh, issues we're dealing with is like sea level rise, coastal erosion, the impact of uh, human activities upon our, our valued coastal resources. All of that needs to be managed. And the question is, how do you manage it? On the east side of the island in Hilo, which has experienced his, uh, a number of uh, uh, tsunamis in the past, the decision makers at the time had the foresight to basically say, we should learn from our experiences and not allow the same things to be repeated again, whereby residents lose their investments and then must rely on government to intervene to try to make themselves whole and which is why you see the Bayfront area of Hilo, which is devoid of uh, a lot of commercial and residential uses and is assigned to open space and parks. Because decisions many years ago in the 60s and 70s to pull development back away from the shoreline, it became a viable option that the area could be like a flood retention area. And recent storms uh, like Hurricane Maine has demonstrated that the area could at least accommodate the floodwaters, and then once it recedes, the amount to restore it back to its original purpose, which is just open space and soccer fields, wasn't as heavy a lift as trying to restore the um, homes of people damaged by the stormwaters. 
I went on to ask the deputy planning director about a neighborhood called Shinmachi that used to exist where there is now designated green space. The neighborhood was destroyed in the 1946 tsunami that hit Hilo, rebuilt, destroyed again in the 1960 tsunami, and was never rebuilt. Well, I have the privilege, I guess, of saying that it was before my time. The tsunamis occurred in the early 1960s and mid-1960s, but at the same time, um, we have these maps called, I think they're called Stanford maps, and it showed the location of every home and I think the last name of every family that lived in the Shinmachi area. So it's been a while since I looked at it, but to open it up and to actually show them to the planners in this office who had never had that experience, um, it's... it's um, it's emotional, I mean, because you see where there were people's lives and livelihoods that existed in the area. And, you know, they, they made the decision um, and with the assistance of government to, to rebuild their lives somewhere else in the upper parts of Hilo. It was a vibrant community, you know, but it doesn't mean that once lost, that Hilo no longer is vibrant. It's just vibrant in a different way. You may take away something from an individual, like their right to have a parcel right on the shoreline, but that in itself it could be a benefit to the entire community because a lot of times you have to look at the life cycle costs. Every time you put something back and it keeps getting destroyed from time to time is a life cycle cost. It just keeps adding up and it gets to the point where do we make that difficult decision to now mitigate and protect future generations from having to deal with the same recurring hazard. I asked Arai if he sees anything in the people of Hawaii County that enables them to more easily grasp this concept of sacrificing one's individual rights for the greater good, and if there are forces trying to change zoning laws to be able to develop in green spaces. He remarked that there have been attempts to unravel what was set in place, but that's all just a part of the job. He shared his thoughts on effective planning and the next generation of planners coming into his office. I don't mean to be selective or dismissive, but I think being an effective planner, providing guidance toward how land should be used in a county, is not informed only by data. Is also having the hindsight to understand why we are where we are now and how does that provide the framework for what we do in the future. For those of us who've been around long enough, uh, we're trying to inform the new generation of planners that come into our office that you always have to look ahead while keeping your eye on the rearview mirror because, again, you, you need to know where you came from in order to figure out where you want to go in the future. Can you think of a project you worked on that really embodied that concept? There have been projects in Hilo where the old timers will come out and say, what, what are you doing? You know, don't you know that this area historically has flooded? And I can tell you of one project right in my mind, and I'm not gonna tell you which one, where they built an entire subdivision in an area that historically flooded. 
And for those of us who lived in the area, we knew it. But the developer basically laid out all of the lots where almost a hundred, quite a number of lots, 100% of the land area was in the FEMA floodway. And we basically questioned saying, why would you design a subdivision that forces people to get flood insurance? Of course, that subdivider was definitely not happy, but we pressured them enough that they actually redesigned the subdivision to give each landowner the option of building outside of the FEMA-designated floodway. When hurricane, the subdivision is not fully built out. There's just a few homes under construction. But to my knowledge, not a single home was severely damaged by the floodwaters because, I, again, I think what, if you give homeowners enough information they can, and give them the opportunity, then they can elect on how to protect themselves. Hurricane Lane's impact on Hawaii County made me think, of course, of other hurricanes in the recent past. Maria, Harvey, Katrina, for example, and the devastating flooding, destruction, and loss of life that ensued. I asked Aaron Arai about how Hawaii County manages to strike a balance between development and caretaking of its people through planning and regulations. Arai also spoke about how Hawaii County's topography plays a role in a kind of natural defense. We operate under a hierarchy of laws. Luckily, I think our topography helps. Being on an island, um, and uh, and especially on the Hilo side, uh, a part of the island that receives a tremendous amount of rainfall annually, I, I think just the geology itself helps naturally you know we're still a very very young island compared to the others um, which means um, there's a lot of uh, percolation um, through the ground and i think our waterways i mean if you look at ypo valley that was carved out by a waterway so it shows you where i think over time the the geology has has naturally adjusted itself to the amount of rainfall that we get but at the same time, to deny that we will not be impacted by a catastrophic type of event uh, is, is not reasonable to assume. But that all being said, there are people who will question the deniers, I guess, about sea level rise, um, warming trends, the possibility of greater frequency of these type of storm events. Um, how do you prepare for that is, is again, relying on information. We're not going to get into an argument of what causes climate change, but I think there's enough data out there to say it's changing. I asked Arai about the future of Hawaii County planning, and he addressed the recent volcanic activity on the island that destroyed homes in the Leilani Estates subdivision. We have the largest landmass in the state, um, basically twice the size of all the islands combined. But that doesn't that in itself doesn't mean that we have enough latitude to make, keep making mistakes. Resources are finite. We're surrounded by ocean. So in so many ways, we sort of have one crack at it, you know, because if um, wrong policies are put into place, then it could easily compromise what finite resources we do have. The current Kilauea eruption has taught us lessons, you know. Um, To this day, you know, we've been contacted by media throughout the nation, if not the world, asking us one basic question. 
why did you allow Leilani Estate Subdivision to be built right upon a lava rift zone? And it all goes back to what the decision makers at that time had before them. Uh, I, I saw one statement by, I think, a, a volcanologist where they said they didn't anticipate that it was a high hazard area. It's just people making decisions and getting information and, and acting upon it at the time. It's just that looking forward, what do we do? You know, do we allow people to go back and rebuild in an area that is a known hazard area? But at the same time, respecting that decisions were made by government and people relied on it, it's not that easy to simply take it away. It's all about managing risks going forward. Arai went on to talk about the evolution of planning and Hawaii County's creation of a Cultural Resources Commission. It's being open to the discussion, being open to the type of voices that you allow to participate in your land use decision-making process. 